You're not paranoid. Let him float. Eeny, meeny, miny. Oh! Is that from it? Nope, I just made that up. Is Have it dark seen? enough? Yeah. Is that good? I don't, I only caught the last part of it. He's like, we all float here. Or no, you'll float. Why do I say we all float here? That doesn't make sense. But are they poops in a toilet? No. It's like, you'll float too. You'll float too. You'll float too. <laughs> That's like scary. Have you seen it? I haven't seen, I haven't seen the new one. You've or I mean, me. I haven't seen part two. Oh, me neither. Oh my God. I've seen the newest one in its entirety. Really? Yeah. Did you like it? Mm. Eh, did you like it? <laughs> I, what about the storyline? I didn't know if it was supposed to be scary on purpose or like over the top on purpose, like cheesy. I think that's part of what makes it good. Oh. It's like funny, dark, cult classic, a lot happening. It's supposed to be over the top. Okay. Yeah. The nose okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> the lady in the painting really freaked me out. Her neck was all like, remember her? The no. lady. In the, the scary house. Uh huh. No. You know, okay, so like all the kids' lives, like something weird starts oh, happening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, part was scary. Her. Yeah, I didn't like that. I was like, it's kind of like understanding someone's phobia. Like, you mm-hmm. got to see like what he sees in it that's so scary. And it's like, Oh, yeah, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. I also reminded me of, please, Friends, Phoebe Buffay's painting that she makes. Do I need to look this up for you? Yeah, I haven't really watched Friends. Do you know they just had the okay. 21st, 25th anniversary? I did not know that. See, I was too young. Okay, well, here's the painting that she makes. It's like a mannequin <laughs> coming out of a painting. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. I wonder. I mean, I'd have to see the It one again. to It. But I feel like I, and I know that lady. scene now that you're talking about. Oh, no. I don't know. If, oh. Because it comes out. I don't like her. Let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. She's yuck. way creepy. I'm not going to look at that any longer. Ew, ew, ew. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, no. It's spooky season. Super spooky. Yeah. Here we are. Are we in October now? Yeah. Happy October 1st, happy I think. Happy October 1st. Oh, it's my friend's birthday. Happy birthday, friend. She was my bestest best friend when we were in kindergarten. Aw. I know. Shout That's out cute. if she listens, but I don't think so. That's fine. That's okay. I'll still wish her a happy birthday. Yeah. Happy I just remember because it's the same. My cousin has a first birthday as or not first, but <laughs> the, her birthday on the first as well. So it's like two people. Nice. Same. Happy birthday to both of them. Thanks. Two different months, but oh, I thought you meant you're that they're both on the first of October. Uh uh-uh, uh, I'm just making uh-huh. it confusing. I'm telling you how my brain works, which is wild. Dang. Wow. Wild child. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. I sound like a real jaguar, baby cat. Okay. <laughs> Um, hi! What's hi. up? Oh my gosh, this is my happy voice. Hey! Hey, long what time. What if we talked like this the whole time? Ooh. Oh my gosh. I feel like some people probably think we talk like that. No, for sure. I sometimes think but I talk like that. I talk like that when I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> when the robot part mm-hmm. is suppressed. Yes. Um, yeah, hi, this is Kylie. And I'm Katie. And we are You're Not Paranoid. The podcast. 
That's right. And this is our Tuesday episode. Mm-hmm. And you know what that means. Longer, funner, better. Better, faster, faster stronger. Sh- How does it go? How does the beat go, yeah. though? That, 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 that don't kill you. Oh, yeah. No, no, don't, don't, I need you to hurry up now because mm-hmm. you're not paranoid. paranoid. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I got it. Mm-hmm. Now it's stuck in my, now I need to suppress it. Now that you've brought it into my brain. And now we're going to. We're going to take it right out. We're going to exhale. Shh. Exhale Kanye. And is out. There we go. Got to cast him out like an <laughs> exorcism. <laughs> His lyrics just stick in the brain like, mm-hmm. what do you, not scotch tape, Velcro. Mm. Sticks to Velcro. Velcro, like the Velcro on, on your Yeezys. Ah. <laughs> All right. So. We are getting, ooh, the light did that thing. Did it? Yeah. I missed it. We're getting spooky. Yeah, and it's spooky season. It's episode 30. 30. Oh my gosh. And every 10 episodes, if you've been really listening this whole time, oh my gosh, thanks. Then you know every 10 we do something off the wall, freaky deaky, kind of out there. Sometimes conspiracy, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. This one is a little bit of everything. Yep. A little bit of science. Mm-hmm. A lot of spooky. Yep. Ooh, I'm excited. Eee. I don't know if we're going to sleep well tonight. And maybe you won't either. Oh. But before we begin. Yes. Shall we, would you rather. Shall we question each other? Shall we question each other's lives. Yes. And choices. Mm-hmm. And then critique them. Yes. Okay. Is it. I think. Me ask you. I think. Or is it I ask you? I think it's you ask me first. That's what I was thinking. Cool. I didn't have it pulled up for that reason. I Yay. don't have one picked, though. Ooh, okay. Um, What was I going to say? That's cool. What's something cool that happened this week? My cat licked my face. Hmm. I held him, and he was like... Um, and then Katie has a dog named... Can I say her name? Sure. Addison and I scratched her armpits and she's so cute she looks like a little fluffy bear you can follow Addison's sister (laughs) Katie's baby at the book of Jove on Instagram it's pretty cute and then my cat is at Yankee Kitty because his name's Yankee okay do you have a topic I'm trying to keep people distracted (laughs) but I think it's not working okay ready no okay Yes. Would you rather have all your clothes fit perfectly or have the most comfortable pillow, blankets, and sheets to ever exist? Oh my gosh. For sure, number two. Oh, I want to give you a cheeky one. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. Do you want my raisins? Your raisins? Raisins. Oh, yes. (laughs) It kind of sounds like I'm saying, do you want some raisins? Mm Mm-hmm. It does some raisins, reasons. So my raisins is <laughs> because uh, bodies change. So I feel like that's pretty high expectations to expect your clothes to always fit. No, but How- that's part of the thing. That's fine. However, <laughs> I love myself a cozy pillow and perfect sheets. There is nothing better. There are some things, but in this case, there's nothing better then clean, cold, smooth, wrinkle-free, hair and toe jam-free sheets. 
I just love, love, love him so much. And if I got that forever, I could probably stop working and just sleep for the rest of my life. That sounds nice. I know. Should we just take a nap Mm. right now? Yes. All right. Pause the episode. Oh, no. We're putting ourselves to sleep. I know. I was like, maybe I shouldn't have asked that question. Now we're just going to be thinking about sleeping. We um, daydream about sleeping, isn't that? Yeah, it's sad. And then I can't fall asleep when it's sleep time. It's like... Have you ever... Do you use jersey knit sheets? Ew, no. What? No, I can't stand those. They make really? me sweaty. Mm-hmm. I love them. Ugh. They're so soft. That's why I can't sleep in your bed. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's too sweaty. Um, no, I need like... Just this is cotton. Crisp cotton. But yeah, I like the crisp cotton for sure. High thread count, preferably. Mm-hmm. The sheets I had growing up were like 1,200. I can't... Yeah, they're like the nicest sheets I've ever had in my whole life. But I don't live at home anymore, hmm. so I don't have them. And they were like a good deal, like a, fi- a good find at TJ Maxx or something. So they're on. They're still expensive, like mm-hmm. more than most people pay. But if you're gonna have a good night's sleep, kind of feels like <clears throat> whoa, getting emotional here. <laughs> no, it kind of feels like it's priceless. Hmm. You know, the price you pay for good sheets in your bunker. Mm-hmm. We are coming to you live from the paranoid bunker. Where we have 10,000 thread count sheets. Uh-huh. And all the walls are covered in cushions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are wearing jackets. We can't really move our arms that much. That's why we <laughs> talk on microphones. Mm-hmm. Jason, can you please? You're recording Kegel. Thank you. That's the nurse. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just okay. Kidding. So... Did you get that joke that I was trying to... That we were in uh, an institute. Institute, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was... I thought it was funny. I thought it was. And it's spooky. Yeah. Okay. Spooky times. Let's tell them about why we're doing what we're doing. What's happening. I am going... (laughs) I, Kylie, am going to talk about... (gasps) near-death experiences Ah. which is basically people coming back after being pronounced dead Mm -hmm. and what they see while they're quote-unquote dead and what happens and everything and katie i'm gonna talk about some of the weird stories that people tell after well have experienced after coming out of comas yikes so because there's a lot of weird things that happen in your psyche Mm -hmm. i have a little bit of science too and i almost feel like there might be some closeness i feel like there might be so i'm curious this will be very interesting to see do you have any like explanations for it too um well kind of because i didn't i guess i didn't know what a coma was that kind of sound a coma (laughs) What did I say? A comma? It sounded like a comma. I'm like, a comma is a pause. Separator. Um, no, I don't know if that sounds silly, but 
I guess I never really knew what, like, the science behind a coma or what it was. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't really know. Yeah, because I just thought it was kind of like being dead. Oh. I know it's kind of like sleeping. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely way more like sleeping. Okay. Do you want to go first or me go first? Whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I'll start with, because I was kind of thinking maybe doing, like, stories first. Okay. And then explaining the science behind it. And I have kind of a spiel. That sounds awesome. Okay. I have some pretty wild ones. And these are all from websites that I will name and uh, go over. These, so uh, basically I'm trying to say is I'll I'll read some of these verbatim because they're stories Mm -hmm. told online. Um, But let's just go through like the general ones of what are common experiences that happen when people die or you know are pronounced dead and then are brought back to life by some form and that could be like cpr or whatever so this is from cheatsheet.com people who died and came back to life describe what happened on the other side so there's very common experiences There's a list, and then I'll tell the stories. So most people actually experience this overwhelming sense of peacefulness, which is really nice um, to think. Oh, yeah, as we're going through this, it's, like, kind of nice, too, because we're like, oh, maybe this is what we'll experience one day. (laughs) So at least we have a heads up. Um, We all die. uh Huh? We all will. Well, yeah, we're all going to die, sadly. But um, it's kind of like the YNP mindset of rehearsing. It's like, we are practicing for dying. Like, at least we know <laughs> what to expect, you know. Like, on some level. <laughs> like, we don't have a choice, but at least mm-hmm. we, like, kind of... Anyways. So, this... Um, there's a study that said... This is from the University of League. L-I-E-G. Reported that nearly 80% of the people who participated in the study and reported the near-death experience, which we're going to call NDE... Um, said they felt very peaceful and that there were, there wasn't anything. It wasn't like pearly gates. It wasn't a flash of light. It was just hmm. a sense of calm. And then they get brought back into the world. Um, a lot of people also do see a bright light. So like these different studies, obviously like these, they're not going to all add up to hundred percent because mm-hmm. they're from different <laughs> yeah. research groups with all different emphasis. So, and you have to remember too, like some studies are biased because they're looking for certain things. Yeah. So. Take it with a grain of salt. Um, and a difference... Oh, this doesn't make sense, but okay. Close to 70% of the same participants saw a bright light during their near-death experience. And um, there's an idea that scientists think that this happens because there's an increase in carbon dioxide while they're dying, which um, enters the bloodstream and then it results in that kind of hallucination. Hmm. Uh, some people talk to spirits, so what? they will see um, like a loved one or something who's already dead, and then will, um, like maybe that person, oh, I'll tell you in the stories, but these are all very common things in like higher level that I'm like tripping out, because I read the stories first, and then mm-hmm. I read this list, and I was like, hey, these are correct. <laughs> like I did read about this. Um, often as well, leaving and then returning to Earth. 
So, um, like, kind of that thing of hovering over oh. your own body Ooh. and seeing yourself, like an out, like, you know, out of body experience. And um, some people have absolutely no memory. It's just nothingness, kind of mm. like going like when you get surgery and you go mm-hmm. and have anesthesia. You just wake up and you're like, I don't remember anything. And then um, some other people experience beauty and they get to see nature and it look really, really gorgeous. Really? Yeah. Oh, <coughs> there it is. Bless <laughs> you. And lastly, um, some people as they're after, I think they're, what was it? Many who have had a near death experience say that it feels so real. Okay. Yeah. Um, a lot of people because of the experience no longer, and then they come back to life. They no longer fear death because oh. they know what it feels like and they have a better understanding of like the calmness or the peacefulness of it and so they feel like they have another chance at life obviously because you're getting like a second chance to Mm -hmm. do it all again because once you're dead you're dead but (laughs) part two Mm -hmm. and um yeah so it ends up changing their lives forever so it could be like a positive too like a new outlook on everything you what a new outlook oh would you what do you think I thought you said, said something? It's like you know, it's like when you outlook everything. <laughs> Don't like anything, please. <laughs> but that's interesting. That it, it seems like none of those are negative or scary feelings. Yeah, those okay. are just oh, are higher level. Keep, oh, okay. So we'll Never go mind. into it if that's okay. This might be a little bit of a longer episode because it's like stories. Um, let's see. One of them was, uh, this one's called They Lost All Personal Identity. This one's from Ranker.com, these stories. I've had a near-death experience twice, and neither time would I say that I was unconscious or in any state of nothingness. However, during this time, I lost all personal identity. When I woke up, I was overcome with the very strange sensation of remembering that I exist. It's the weirdest feeling in the world. It wasn't me while I was blacked out, but I can't honestly say who the F I actually was. As cheesy as it sounds, the best way I can describe it is that it was like being on another plane of existence. Ooh. Yeah. Another person talks about there being uh, it just everything is nothingness. The last thing I remember was being upside down in the air before the van finally hit the ground. Oh. It literally went from me thinking I'm going to die to nothing. Everything just went black. I had no feelings or thoughts. It was nothingness. Nothingness tends to scare people, but you don't even know that you existed. It's not painful or scary. You just simply cease to exist. The one interesting thing about it is it all happens so fast that you have really no idea what's going on. While I was being resuscitated is when things got kind of weird. It went from nothingness, not even know you existed, to seeing my girlfriend. I'm assuming just like pop up in front of his face because he like woke up. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one's kind of creepy. Uh, My mother and I were in a very bad, very bad car crash. I think these are actually going to be sad. Sometimes. Well, it's about death. So Mm -hmm. it's sad, but it's also inevitable. Yeah. But how it happens, I guess, is the sad part. Right? Not guess. It is. My mother and I were in a very bad car crash. She went into cardiac arrest and was resuscitated with the paddles. She told me that she was floating above her own body and that abruptly ended up in a tunnel. Suddenly, she heard my deceased uncle tell her that she had to go back and that it wasn't her time yet. 
She said that after she after he said that, the tunnel sectioned off and she went down that fork and ended up back in her body. Oh. So that's that thing of like seeing a mm-hmm. loved one and they're like, nope, it's not your time. Like, go back. Mm-hmm. But they're seeing, it's not just like anybody. It's someone who's yeah. already passed. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this one. That one. No, I'll, go, I'll come back to that one. A good friend of mine had an interesting experience after a doctor way overdosed her on lithium. Whoa. She woke up in a field with her grandparents around her, and there was a ball of light like the sun that spoke to her, which she interpreted as God. It told her she could stay there in the afterlife, or she could go back, but she would deal with the consequences of lithium poisoning in her body. Her immune system is pretty wrecked along with her thyroid. She chose to go back and wake up. Whoa. Isn't that pretty heavy? Mm-hmm. So this one's very strange. I was laying in some sort of tube when I woke up, not knowing where I was or what happened. I could breathe, but it felt like I couldn't get any air. When I was tried to move, I panicked because I was strapped to a bed, and a few seconds later, I felt the life flow out of my arms and legs, Ooh. as if somebody was disconnecting every limb, organ, and vein from my body. Just before I lost ability to hear... I remember people shouting medical terms and my father's voice crying for help and screaming for somebody to save their son, save his son. After that, I had a moment of darkness and rest. Everything was gone. After that, I only remember waking up to a doctor's voice an eternity later. Wow. Isn't that so creepy? Mm -hmm. So it was almost like out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then also the darkness of nothing. So, the other side of the coin, if you're not in the light and the bright, where else is it known that people, or suggested that you could possibly go? The bad place. The H-E double hockey hockey, hockey sticks. Mm. This is a ranker article about people who claimed they have seen or gone to hell. Are you serious? I am 100% serious. Ooh, I just got the chills. I'm sorry. I'm scared. Can I tell you? Yeah. Are the listeners okay? If you are sensitive to this, go ahead and skip past this part because I haven't actually read any of these yet because I didn't want to. Ooh. I wanted to read them like live, like for me too. Um, let's see. Okay, this one, um, I don't want to le- read the titles because it'll give it away like Karen always says. Um, Matthew Botsford was shot in the back of the head outside a restaurant in March 1992. To save his life, doctors put him in a medically induced coma, which lasted 27 days. Uh-oh. This might be a, Am I allowed to say this one? <laughs> sure. Okay. Do you have any stories like this? Uh, uh not negative ones. Okay. Or scary ones. Sorry. Okay. No, We're getting scary. Botsford claimed to have spent that time shackled and hanging over a pit of magma being terrorized by a terrifying four-legged creatures who would devour his flesh only to have it grow back and to be devoured again. Ew. However, he says that the worst, worse than all of these torments was the profound loneliness and isolation he felt as every sufferer in hell is totally alone. Ugh. Eventually, a gigantic hand pulled him out while a voice said, it's not your time. Jeez. Can you imagine... No, thank you. Uh, That's what I would say. 
I'd be like, uh-uh. I'd say, no, thank you. There's been a mistake. Um, please send me back because life on earth is not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some other ones. Oh, no. If she's here, we don't have a chance. This is an old one. 1936. Oh, wow. A Polish nun named Sister Faustina claimed to have visited hell in 1936. Why would she be going to hell? That's what I'm saying. We all have no chance. <laughs> she, she wrote about the experience in her diary where she described hell as one torture after another from to eternal darkness to a terrible suffocating smell. Ew. Yeah, that sounds not good. However, the worst torments are psychological. Quote, the perpetual remorse of conscience, or con- sorry, the perpetual remorse of conscience and the loss of hope. In addition to this general despair, there are caves and grottos equipped with special tortures designed for different kinds of sinners. I would have died at the very sight of these tortures, she writes, if the omnipotence of God had not supported me. Mm. But why? Hey, another nun did this too. What the heck? Hmm. She smelled um, burning flesh. Ew. Which is not good. Where were these nuns and what were they doing? Are these ones like coming back from the dead or are they just like... I'm assuming... Well, they have seen or gone to hell. Da, da, da. Not all of them can be verified. Well, obviously. 1930. Hello. Um... But no one in hell is like, yes, verified. Yeah. Ex- oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, fact check. <laughs> um, this other one, which was actually in the original 15 stories of people who have had near-death experiences. This one is also about hell. And that's what got me thinking, like, huh, I should look up hell. Um, quote, my dad had open heart surgery in July and died briefly on the operating table before they restarted his heart. He said he, this is not my personal story, by the way. I don't know if I said that. Yeah. Um, He said he went to hell during the time he was dead. It apparently consisted of a lot of geometric shapes and mirrors continuing into oblivion. It was one of those things where he just kind of knew. It hit him and there was no doubt that's what it was. He said it was the worst thing he could imagine. He was laying in the hospital bed with the worst pain fathomable, not able to move, Locked in this geometric eternity. Ooh. Isn't that... That's bizarre. I know. It reminds me, there's an episode of Spongebob that's actually very... I feel like they were also trapped in like a little hell um, in this episode. Or like a... um, What is that? Purgatory? Mm-hmm. Where you're trapped in between. Mm-hmm. And they go through like different phases of life. Like different... Like sometimes it's an emptiness. Sometimes it's like they are geometric shapes themselves. Oh. It's really creepy. And that's what it reminds me of. That the geometric shapes and mirrors. Yeah, said mirrors. That reminds me of um, us. I haven't seen us. You should watch it. Dang it! I know. This Ooh, is the turntables. One time. But yeah, there's the part where she's walking in. Ooh, I don't even know what it looks like, it's and I'm already freaked out. Scary. If it's on when we hang out next, we're Ooh, watching it. It's oh, I don't like it. It's creepy. Okay, but it's good. Yeah. Anyways. And then I can finally do the thing. Yeah, that you say you're yeah. good at doing an impression of, which <laughs> freaks me out. Okay, well, those are some stories. Oh, well, isn't that seriously creepy? 
But oh, this one's wait. Sorry, I have one more. Okay, is that okay? Yes. This one is really sad, but good also. Um, friends and family wouldn't let their mom go, is what this one's called. A few months back, my mom was having major issues, a combo of mild stroke and heart attack. Mm. To fix up her heart, they had to stop it for a time. And this is what she says happened. So this is weird because she knew Mm. this was coming, which I feel like is worse. Or better? I don't know. She found herself in a place with a somewhat cloudy, stormy sky and the sun setting. She stood atop a cliff face. I, I read that weird. She stood atop a cliff face. She tried walking to the edge to get a closer to get closer to the drop, but people wouldn't let her. These were people she knew, like family, friends, and people who previously died. She says they all formed one long line, something like a lot of people playing Red Rover. <laughs> they all had something to say to her, though she wouldn't say what anyone said. Once everyone said their piece, she just wanted to stand and watch the sunset. But an older version of my sister's child wanted to play with her so after much prodding my mom went along with it as they played the world around her started to grow green and vibrant again and the sun started to rise and the storm swept away after what felt like a few hours she was sent back to her body that one gave me the chills actually it creeps me out because that's also from us really the hand the red like the red Red Rover. rover lines of people ew (laughs) um but saying an older version of my sister's child does that imply her sister's child is going to die when they're older no i would that's what i thought at first but then because everything was positive i don't know if that means like she'll see that child in the future because it was saying that it was deceased and alive people, right? Like people she knew and people oh, that were deceased. Yeah, people like family, friends, and people who are previously died. So I maybe, took it to be everybody who's di- <laughs> died. I was like, oh no, she's saying that her daughter's gonna die. Like, how aren't you getting this? Okay, mm-hmm. that makes more sense. Maybe. Mm. I would assume because then Hopefully that's not. when everything got better. Is because like, oh, see, like you'll get to meet her. Like you have a whole future. Yeah. Ahead of you. But yeah, let's end it with that one because that one, for mine at least, because mm-hmm. that was like the nicer one. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But yeah, it's crazy. That's weird. Did the study say anything about those like scarier dream or um, not dreams, but like visions and stuff? Um. So maybe I'll go into it. Okay. Later, if that's okay. But yeah, maybe I'll talk about it later when we do the science part. Okay, cool. Because yeah. I was going to say. It sounded like all oh, pretty nice and calming, and then it's like, oh no, it's not like that for everybody. Ooh, that's. But yeah, we'll talk. I'll talk about it when we do the science part. Do you want to okay. do your stories? Sure, I'll do the stories. Okay, and then we can like discuss because there's probably going to be a lot of similarities. Yeah. So I mean, when I was trying to look it up at first, it kept telling me like kind of like what you were saying was near death experiences, but I kept finding articles about like people waking up from the dead Mm. more about like the physical act of it and i thought it was interesting and my favorite murder did buried alive oh yeah somewhat recently and those were kind of more of like the old like they were focusing on like the old timey ones and like safety coffins yeah but apparently this happens like somewhat frequently 
now still even what? where people are pronounced dead and then they're they just like wake up on the autopsy table and they're like uh not not really Don't. good so i was like geez because all these articles were about like i almost died and like why like one of the articles i wonder if i still have it it was like it's called um another brain dead patient wakes up just in time and then another one was like why is like coming back from the dead more common than we thought or something what and i was like what the heck but apparently it happens and i have well i have some i have okay. stuff to yeah but it, i just thought it was interesting because that's what kept coming up first that's really creepy so just be careful everyone or like people with like a really low pulse or mm-hmm. something like that yep yeah, it depends on the country and, like, the quality of the healthcare. Yep. But also, like, on the patient and, like, what the disease, like, their history uh, um, of illness is. But, yeah, like, the... Like, why they're there. Mm-hmm, yeah. The low heart rate. And then there's, you're pronounced dead, but you're not. And then yeah. you wake up. Yep. Ooh. I'll talk I'll talk about that Ooh, a little later. So creepy. About, like, why that is kind of thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I mean, mine are kind of shorter ones, but <laughs> I thought this was kind of rude. <laughs> um, Time Magazine has a thing. I guess it's a slideshow, but it's called Top 10 Comas. Oh, no. It's like they're like, competing for the best coma. I was like, that's rude. Mm, that is rude. I don't know if that's appropriate. Like, my coma was featured on Time Magazine. It's like, I was number yeah. six, so. It's like the top ten on Sports Center or something. Yeah. It's like, not really how we not, should qualify them. Not really how we should talk about it like that, yeah. It's like maybe, like, amazing, like, stories. Yeah. <laughs> it's not letting me do this. Um. So, in August of 1941, six-year-old Elaine Esposito she went to a, um, get her appendix removed at the hospital. And so when she went under general anesthesia, she never came back out. Mm, this is 1946? One. But oh, one. she was six years old. Okay. So I would assume <laughs> that's like more of an emergency thing because I don't think you would normally do surgery on a six-year-old. Mm-mm. But sadly, she never came out of the anesthesia and she was dubbed the Sleeping Beauty. Oh, no. Um, and she stayed in a coma for 37 years and 111 oh. days before succumbing to, in 1978. The longest ever coma, according to the Guinness World Records. Wow. That would be really weird to see someone age in a coma. Mm-hmm. Are there pictures of her? Is that morbid to ask? Um, I'm sure there pro- there might be, but not in this article. Yeah. Um, that's really sad. Yeah. But also amazing that you can keep a body alive. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like, what is life? Yeah. Hmm. Well, this one's interesting. Um, I remember hearing the name. Sorry, I was just reviewing it. No, it's um, The... The case, I don't know why it's like the case, but um, Terry Schiavo. Oh, yeah. Isn't that something? I remember hearing about it, but then I was like, I don't remember the story. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember I remember that was like Terry Schiavo. It was something about her husband. Maybe I I know the name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I was like, this sounds familiar. Okay, go ahead. So um, it was not that long ago. 
Like 10 years? Uh, 1990. Oh, geez. But she was being kept alive for... Okay, sorry. Yeah. You go ahead. No, no, no. It's okay. Um, so this they were saying that this one consumed the national headlines um, and where the phrase permanent vegetative state kind of first became popular. Mm-hmm. So she... Um, like popularly coined. Coined, yeah. Okay. <laughs> not that people, I'm like not people were doing it like it's really popular to enter a vegetative state I'm like no 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 <laughs> um so Terry Schiavo collapsed in her home in 1990 because of heart failure and then she slipped into a coma um and then what into people say a vegetative state um she was kept alive on a feeding tube for more than 10 years and um, her husband was the one that was petitioning to be to allow him to take her off life support. That's right. So that's the issue. Um, her family objected, and social conservatives, um, like back the family, uh, they were concerned the case would set pre- precedent for the right to die movement, and. Um, the family released a series of videos apparently showing her responding to questioning and examination by doctors. Um, oh, my gosh. So, I mean, whether or not that's... I don't know. I, I haven't seen any of the videos. Um, people were calling it um, things like judicial murder and an act of medical terrorism. Um, well, yeah, because you're deciding someone's... Is that, this is before NDRs. Um, I think this was more DNR DNRs. Yeah, I think this was more of um, the question behind kind of like what you're saying, what is life Mm -hmm. and vegetative state and having some brain activity. Yeah. But or like, I don't know, it's hard to say that it's like she lost. It's like being losing almost all of your cognitive functioning. But maintaining, like, the lower-level brain activity still. So it's, like, at what point do you say someone is worth, like, living? Or, yeah, like, what you would consider brain dead. Yeah. Because, it's like, there's technically activity in the brain going on, but it's not enough to be um, conscious or have any sort of uh, cognitive awareness. Wow. So, um... There was, like, a big fight, I'm assuming, between the husband and then her family. Yeah. And so then um, it went, it ended up going into court, um, federal court, on, um, let me just read the sentence verbatim. On March 18th, 2005, despite emergency congressional legislation that threw her case into federal court, doctors unplugged Shivo's feeding tube, and she died on March 31st. Whoa, that's why it was a big deal. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't even it wasn't even decided like what was and was not. No, because they were they didn't get to do the court case. But a doctor pulled it. I would assume with because of the husband's, um, yeah, like jurisdiction he, or whatever, whatever the I don't know all the like marriage it's the, laws. Um, it's like what's it called the 
like power, power of attorney. Yeah, power of attorney. I don't know how that works in marriage, but I'm assuming <laughs> it's the significant, like the spouse becomes the like next. Yeah. In line versus yeah, the they family. Do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why when you say till death do us part, yeah. are you okay with them pulling the plug if it came down to it? Or that you would know that they know whether or not you want them to pull the plug. Mm-hmm. Or to keep you on life support. Yeah. Always talk about it. It's awkward, but uh, yeah. you have to. I wouldn't want to be like that. No. Personally. But. Yeah, that one. Yeah, Terry Shiva. Wow. That's really sad, too, that it's like the fight between, like, families. Yeah. Because, like. So, did anything come of that law? Um, I do not know. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. We can look it up later. Okay. Um, and then, so those are kind of the sad ones. Um, there's some more um, lighthearted type of things that happen to people, uh-huh. which I think is very interesting. Well, I guess this one's kind of sad. We'll do one more kind of sad one. Um, so, this woman... She was um, 40, and she was in a near-death um, car crash in 2010. Mm-hmm. And so she was on life support and in a coma. And she actually, they didn't think she was going to make it, but yeah. she actually pulled through and woke up. But she thought she was still 20. And how long? Oh, she was 40, 40 at the time? But when she woke up out of the coma, she thought for, I don't know how, or like, you know, the science or whatever. Yeah. Like, they don't know, like, why certain things happen. So she thought she, when she woke up, she thought she was 20. Oh, my gosh. That kind of reminds me of... Um, like, in the 90s still. That's crazy. That reminds me of the movie. It's obviously not as serious, but um, what's her face? The one who's a comedian, and it was, it's called, like, um, something pretty... I'm, I'm going to say it, and you're going to be like, oh, Amy Schumer. Oh. <laughs> okay, it reminds me of the Amy Schumer movie. Oh, where she, wait. I feel pretty. Where she hits her head and she oh, comes so back feeling like. I haven't seen that like, one. Okay, in your defense, I have not either. <laughs> but based on the preview, she hits her head, oh, and then she wakes up with, like, all this confidence. I don't know if she goes into a coma or what, because it's a preview, and it's not for five seconds. I'm just saying, it reminds me mm-hmm. of that, where it's, like, she suddenly is, like, this totally different person, if you mm-hmm. want to watch a movie that's adjacent to what we're talking okay. about. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's also... You keep going. Um, so, which is kind of sad, because she had a... Or has... Or, no, I guess had... A 14-year-old daughter. Oh, no. So she thought that she was still two, and she didn't really remember the daughter. Oh, no. Um, And so it's kind of sad because um, I don't... It sounded like they... um, She was able to recover some of the memories of her daughter, but not really a lot of them. Mm. So that whatever 20-year gap that she quote-unquote lost she never really got back 100 percent, and so she's um she's now live well whenever this article is written she's like living with her daughter and stuff now but they're basically getting to know each other as like 
to strangers again, mm. which is sad. And then she also ended up breaking up with her boyfriend of four years because she had no memory of him either. Mm. And that couldn't work either. Isn't that also, pardon my memory, but 51st Dates is kind of like that? Yeah, she has something. She, she has, has a like, head injury. Yeah. But sim- like in the way of like not remembering mm-hmm. before a certain point. Yeah. And speaking of that, I remember hearing on the, on, was it a podcast or the radio or something <laughs> where this girl had a condition where she, and then people are like, is that real or not real? Where she supposedly can't remember anything like more than two hours ago Whoa. or something like when she'll like fall asleep and then doesn't remember. Interesting. But that's. That'd be another interesting episode. Like yeah. Brain injuries like weird brain mm-hmm. injuries and like what the brain does to like yeah. comp you know the brain is crazy brain is yeah. and um speaking of Ew. so one of the kind of i think interesting ones because it's like wow how does the brain work like this mm-hmm. was um this australian man was in a coma and then when he came out of the coma he was speaking fluent mandarin what? And he actually had to like re like he knew English, but he kind of had to relearn it and then recognize like who he could who he had to speak English to, like his family, and then who he could speak Mandarin to, which was some of the hospital staff. Wait, 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 wait. Had he ever spoken Mandarin? So here's the asterisk. Uh. He learned he had done it in high school but and then this is where it's like you if you want to believe him or not believe him but he said that he could never speak it fluently and could like barely like read and write in mandarin in mandarin so then but then now he's like an adult or older so this was in high school you know like everyone everyone takes a language in high school but i would not be be, like me speaking spanish fluently like everyone would be very surprised yes Hmm. so it's very interesting because that was the language he came out of the coma speaking. Hmm. So. And maybe he was hearing the, like you're saying he, the staff can speak mm-hmm. Mandarin. Maybe he was listening to them subconsciously. Maybe. And like, like all the puzzle pieces were being built, mm-hmm. you know, or the little building blocks of language. And he's like, aha, got it. Yeah. And I mean, he was able to, because um, he, the other interesting part is that he kept that knowledge and that level of fluency like after he's already released after like years and years and years so he used it to his advantage and became like a australian like chinese like interpreter for for australians or english speakers in china and then it said he even had like a tv show or something and supposedly people who spoke mandarin as their native tongue were like very impressed they're like as a non-native speaker he's the best we've ever heard like Jeez. someone speak mandarin and so everyone's just like what so everyone believes him because yes. like how else would he be able to do that unless yeah some intervention like mm-hmm. a coma or yeah because yeah. he may have had the foundation but then it's like how do you if it's true that he only learned like a high school level and then never really used it then how does your brain like access build that up 
to be fluent. It's like that movie. What should I call it? <laughs> I can't think of the names tonight. Um, What's the one where you take a pill and then you access all the ninety percent remaining part of your brain? Oh, limitless. Limitless. I don't it's know like if I've that. Seen that one. Well, with Brad. 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 Mr. Koopa. Wee woo. Wee woo. Um, but wow, wow, wow. Um, I'll do like the little science bit about this one specifically. Uh huh. Um, this is from Vice. Uh, they asked, oh, this is like the interview with him. Mm-hmm. So the interviewer asked, were there any theories from your neurologist or maybe psychologist about how the coma affected your language skills? And he said, yes. One of the theories was that um, in English speakers, apparently most of your um, language memory memory is on the left side of your brain. Mm-hmm. But in Mandarin, um, both hemispheres are used equally. Huh. So one of the theories was that because the the head trauma happened on his left side, um, they're thinking because the brain's so smart, they're like, okay, well, we have to kind of shut down this side um, during the coma part. And so the right side was able to keep more fully functioning oh. and it took over so that when he woke up, the language that he had was like most accessible, the most accessible one was the mandarin because because english is also on the left side so if it's shut down Mm -hmm. oh yeah so that was one of their theories which i thought was really interesting at least that makes sense from like a science perspective Mm -hmm. fitting the (laughs) it fits the puzzle yes it's what we want it to fit Mm -hmm. huh but weird i thought that was interesting and it said that it took him about a week to differentiate between the languages that would be weird to not Mm -hmm. Be able to tell which language you're speaking, but you know you're communicating mm-hmm. and you know what you're saying. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be super weird. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of the more common one I've seen is like there's another story where kind of along the same lines where the woman wakes up speaking French fluently, what? but kind of the same thing where she kind of knew some of it. But not before. as much as she. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty interesting, the whole language. If I could speak Italian or Spanish fluently after, I mean, obviously I don't want to go into a coma if I don't have to, but that would be at least a nice little, like, surprise. Yeah. Sorry for your troubles, but now you're bilingual. (laughs) Like, woohoo. Like, life-changing. See, it's like, see, you thought we weren't doing much, (laughs) but actually I was learning. I was learning another language. Oh, my God. Yeah, those are kind of the more... That's crazy, though. Yeah. Okay, not to take away from what you were saying. No. But the movie I was thinking... The one I should have said at the beginning, Mm -hmm. because this is, like, exactly what I'm talking about. Have you heard of the movie Flatliners? No. Okay, it came out in 2017. It was actually, like, like in the box office and everything. Mm-hmm. Of whatever you say for movie stuff. Sure. You think I would know, but I don't. The IMDb summary is five medical students. You know it's going to be good when it's <laughs> medical students. And five of them. Five of them. Like a pentagon. A pent- pentagram. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's also five sides, too. I know, but it's not as creepy a shape. <laughs> Have you seen one? Anyways, five medical students obsessed by what lies beyond the confines of life embark on a daring experiment by stopping their hearts for oh. short periods 
Each triggers a near-death experience, giving them a first-hand account of the afterlife. Is it a scary movie? Yes. Oh, okay. It is um, considered, I think, like a thriller horror or something like that. doesn't have super great reviews. Well... But um, Nina Dobrev is in it, so that's cool. I like her. Kiefer Sutherland. And you know who that is? Any of those people? I know. I think the Nina, Nina one Dubrev is from, is from Vampire Diaries. Yeah, the Vampire Not, tr- not True I knew Blood. I was one of them with Ian. She's not Suki. <sighs> Bail. Suki. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's pretty gnarly. And it's like... It's creepy because then they see like demon stuff and it gets. Have you all... seen it? No, I've okay. seen the previews. Okay. I've seen a lot of previews as well as a lot of movies. <laughs> this is a good. not a good episode for me of movies that I've seen. Because I've seen one. I know that you us. Haven't. I know. We know. We know you've seen us. Yeah. You see us. Ooh. 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 ooh, ooh. Okay. So. Tell us the science. So I have. Oh, yeah, I need to double check my thing really quick. Is that okay? Yeah, double check your thing. Okay. So, I didn't take them kind of naughty. I didn't take specific notes on this. Well, I saw something move out of the corner of my eye. I freaked mm. myself out. If you see, like, a little something underneath my chair, let me know. Um, it's you. So, this is from... <laughs> hey, you. It's also <laughs> me. Have you seen... Oh, my gosh. Us. <laughs> yes. Is that what happens in Us? Oh. Is that the one where it's like... It's not me or something underneath the bed. Mm-hmm. No. Oh no 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 no. But it's this. It's the same concept where it's like, oh, it's us in the driveway. Ew ew ew. No, the one I'm thinking of. Oh my god, I'm creeping myself I out don't like so that bad. I, you made me preview. watch that preview. Remember the preview? <laughs> and there's like a little girl uh-huh. in the bed. She's like, "Mommy, I'm scared." Like, I, think I know the. I think there's something under my bed. Like the babysitter or something, or the the mom. Whatever. Oh, it's well, some, she tells somebody who's watching her, like, I'm scared. There's something under my bed. And then they look under the bed. Because they're like, oh, there's nothing. There's like, nothing you know, like, there. have and it to be. And they look under the bed. And then it's her. It's and she's like, girl. something's on my bed. And then you look back up. And it's like, ah, yeah. it's so scary. Oh, I'm like, I need oh. a comfort blanket right now. Remember that blanket you mentioned earlier? <gasps> I really, I've the been. The sheets. Oh. You need the comfort sheets. The jersey knit. Not jersey knit. I'm not saying I'm bougie. I just think those make me sweaty. Well, that's fine. Um, a weighted blanket. Yes. I've been very seriously looking into weighted blankets. We need one. So if anyone has well, suggestions. Two, we're not going to share, but. Yeah. Yes. Suggestions for weighted blankets. Mm-hmm. For the scary things. Okay. So. I'm just going to say, in a nutshell, higher overall they don't really know why, like, really, there's theories, but they don't really know why people experience the things they experience during their near-death experience. <laughs> I'm saying experience a lot. Um, so, so, like, example, if you're spiritual, mm-hmm. um, you might be able to say certain things like the out-of-body experience is the actual soul mm-hmm. leaving the body and um leaving the physical body and then going into the afterlife and then maybe there you know it's able to re-enter because the body is not ready uh, to die or something like this and then that whole scenario you know provides a profound insight into the meaning of life Mm -hmm. 
there are quote less mystical explanations Aww, for NDEs. I know it's not as fun, and they suspect that they're actually hallucinations, and they happen because the brain is dying and shutting oh. down. And so um, they think that it could be because the brain is deprived of oxygen or if maybe there's a, they don't have it like narrowed down yet, but like a specific chemical that's binding to neurons in the brain that are then causing the hallucinations that basically are like protecting the neurons from being deprived of something specific, like as the brain is shutting down. Other people think that it triggers a, um, like the a flood quote a flood of euphoria causing endorphins, or maybe even electrical discharges of the hippo in the hippocampus, which is the part of the brain involved in memory. And so that's why you have like, um, oh, I didn't say the one about flashbacks. People also have flashbacks of their life. Hmm. There was a story about that. Do you want that story? No. Sure. Okay. All right, I'm not going to give you a story because I can't find it very okay. fast enough. But people have flashbacks of their lives. And um, and then while, you know, other studies think that like those who die on an operating table and have those experiences, it's actually the side effect of the anesthesia or some medications that they're on during the procedure. Hmm. So it really like, because if you think about it, not every near-death experience is the same Mm -hmm. sometimes it's happening like on the street you know if there's a car accident Mm -hmm. or in a hospital or during surgery like the open heart surgery so it really just depends on the circumstance um and they're trying to figure out like what part of the brain like what what aspect is the most common thing that's happening all at once but obviously, it's hard to figure that out because mm-hmm. when people are dying, you're not like, so um, tell me about your brain. Like, let's take a look of yeah. what's what chemicals are. It's like, no, you're trying to like, re, you know, resuscitate this person, like bring him back to life. Yeah. Um, like, how are you feeling right now? Yeah. What do you see? There was a study in 2001 where Dutch physicians interviewed 344 elderly patients who um, had survived death with their heart stops, their hearts stopped. And only about 18% of those people actually experienced a near death experience where they had that like, the, like a, seeing a light or mm-hmm. basically the reverse of that would be 82% had the nothingness. Mm-hmm. And um, there was no link between how long they were in cardiac arrest versus you know the drugs they were given or anything like that so that was kind of a bummer they have looked at people who um oh yeah so i already mentioned that earlier but like they found that there maybe was some connection as well to carbon dioxide levels uh, rising in the bloodstream um and this was a study done in 2010 but the problem was not every patient who had the high carbon dioxide in their blood had a near-death experience so mm. you can't fit it perfectly because it's not direct correlation there's correlation but there's not causation mm-hmm. so you got to be careful with data like that did they um also ask if they were religious or what were people's religious not in that particular one that i saw it's just from an article so i didn't okay. see um so 
this is the that was all just like the higher level but it gets better <laughs> and i know i've been talking a lot but i'm excited okay and i think it's good i, well, I think it's good <laughs> from this article not me um do 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 so that moment that they refer to um or that that period of time after dying but before coming back to your body that near-death experience they call that the gray zone where you're Mm. not really alive but you're not really dead you're schrodinger's cat yes exactly (laughs) and it's that short time after the heart stops but before irreversible or irretrievable cell damage happens and so they're able to be brought back to life still and continue living jeez that's the crazy part about this um so near-death experiences have been happening for centuries and the oldest one that they have documented (gasps) is from 1740 by pierre jean du manchot sure say that where um I didn't write out what he said. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot. It's like, I do declare. No, it would be like a French accent. Right. Oh, here it is. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, he was just saying that people, um, he was describing people's experiences coming back from the dead. And... He described a case of a near-death experience in his book that he documented. And his speculation was that there was too, quote, too much blood flow to the brain, which then would explain the mystical feelings that people report after coming back. But as we know, there's probably more to it than just blood flow mm-hmm. and being dizzy because they're actually hallucinating and that's mm-hmm. what they're trying to figure out now. But my point is, this has been around for a very long time. And... Um, another study showed that up to 10 to 20 percent of heart attack survivors actually have had near-death experiences. So um, the article that I got this from, it's from, Le- I want to say it's leapsmag.com. Super interesting read. The author is an MD, PhD. Oof. And he goes and talks about like the whole concept of dying and what death is actually. So that's kind of what I'm going to speak to. So when we talk about dying, um, in today's terms, it's the death, the stopping of the heart and the brain. Mm -hmm. So in medicine, time of death is the time the heart stops. And that's where it's kind of the gray zone because the heart is stopped during cardiac arrest but mm. what about being able to be brought back? Yeah. So um, cardiopulmonary resuscitation, commonly known as CPR, ooh, was invented in 1960, which I feel like is really late. Yeah, that seems pretty new. Yeah. And it changed everything for medicine. Um, originally, when someone's heart stops, the person was dead. But now it's called cardiac arrest and it's actually the starting point of when you are bringing someone back from the dead Hmm. so it's actually just the beginning of everything i don't know it's just like so crazy to me um so a specific an important note that they said (laughs) an important note they noted (laughs) was that cardiac arrest isn't the same as a heart attack Mm. so 
Cardiac arrest is just referring to the heart stopping, stopping. and it's the final step in all death, regardless of the cause of death. So, for example, if you're talking about someone having a stroke or if they have cancer or if they're in a car accident, they will likely be pronounced dead via cardiac arrest because Uh, that's what they're like them succumbing to their injuries. I mean, sometimes it's loss of blood or something like this, but the heart stopping is the final cause of death. Wow. That's interesting, right? Yeah. Um, So let's see here. Yeah, an exception to this are those who have, like, the catastrophic head injuries or, um, you know, something like this where their hearts are kept going on a life support machine. And that's where you're talking about comas. So mm-hmm. I feel like maybe I should have done that first, but maybe not. No, I mean, they're they're kind of they're connected because some of the stories I was reading of people coming out of comas were similar yeah. things as yours. Okay so great because it is and that's the thing they're talking about right it's like just because their heart it keeps going but their brain so this is where it's saying in this case they're talking about death could also be no brain activity mm-hmm. and um and so in this case like they could be legally pronounced dead based on brain death before their hearts stop beating because the heart's being pumped like well yeah externally. they're on life support yeah Oh, I'm guessing they're on, they have like an, I don't know exactly know what life support is mm-hmm. other than like a breathing machine. Yeah. Um, providing, making sure the oxygen is there, but I don't know that that's what's making the heart keep going. Yeah. So I think it's more like they resuscitate the heart. Resuscitate. Is that the right word for the heart? Yeah, I think. I'm no, not sure if resuscitate me means for breathing. Oh. Resuscitate just means bring back. Sure. Okay. I think. Right? Yeah. Okay, now I'm like questioning everything. (laughs) Podcasts make you question yourself. Okay. All right. But the point is, is that it takes longer for the brain to die. Yeah. um, Which is up to hours or more rather than minutes after injuries have occurred. And that's the difference between like cardiac arrest versus death by brain injury. So the question is, what about the cells in our body? What's happening to those? When do those stop functioning? Because that's when death starts happening as bodies decay, right? So it's only after someone dies that their body actually undergoes cell death. Mm -hmm. And that's what leads to, like I said, the body decaying. But with medical intervention, doctors and researchers are trying to slow this process down. And one way is to keep the body cold Mm. and that brings us to story number 59 (laughs) which is how they were able to resuscitate 53 year old french man 18 hours after he died what in april 2018 really yes whoa this man was dead for allegedly dead for 18 hours and they were able to bring him back to life so he apparently had a heart attack and he was, um, I think he, there's the story was saying that they, he had been with family and friends and then he left to go home, but the other people he was meeting at home never saw him. So they got worried and they ended up finding him down by a river or something like this, but he had entered hypothermia mm. and because he had entered the hypothermia, 
it's what actually kept his vital organs sustained and functioning while the er was able to work on his heart wow isn't that crazy so this is a super unique case where uh emergency workers actually spent four hours this is how you know they're um outside of the u.s giving him heart massages (laughs) to save him isn't that sweet? Aww. Well, I would just imagine they literally had his heart out. And like massaging yeah, it. Yeah, massaging it. Yeah. And then they ended up putting him on a heart-lung machine, which helped keep him alive, and they were able to bring him back. Jeez, that's crazy. Isn't it? Okay, so let's get... Okay, this is going to get even weirder. <sighs> so, in 2001, and if I don't explain anything right, just let me know so I could, like expand because i wrote down some notes this time so i wanted to collect my thoughts but let me know in 2001 a study was published in nature journal by geneticist fred gage and his team from the salk institute the research was looking at human brain cells after death Mm, interesting they took biopsies from cadavers in the mortuary up to 20 hours post-mortem which just means after death 21 hours after they died and the cells were able to keep dividing and differentiating in the lab really and they were able to keep doing this for up to months really yes in a lab setting what that's super cool i know it's creepy and cool oh yeah it's like zombie cells zombies coming at you right So the researchers were looking at the ability to use, and this is the cool part, they were looking at the ability to possibly use these cells one day to help reactivate cells in the brains of living patients Mm. and with the possibility of treating diseases such as Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. That's really cool. Yeah, where the nerve cells suffer the most damage in those diseases. Mm -hmm. So it's like if it can keep propagating from people who, you know, unfortunately died but had healthy neurons and brain you know brain cells to keep them going <coughs> sorry oh <laughs> that was one of those ones you scared me it <laughs> scared me <gasps> but it's pretty wow. crazy and there's obviously much more to be studied and it requires knowing the age of the donor and taking the cells a certain time after death but the science is there and it's being studied. That's cool. So that's, and that's all the way back from 2001. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel like they're not going to tell us things we're not ready for yet. Yeah. But they're also going to try to do their best to develop what they can. But how weird would that be to know that you're getting the brain cells of a deceased person? I guess it's kind of like an organ transplant mm-hmm. from someone who was an organ donor. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if what the immuno like the the match has to be yeah well because it's past the blood brain yeah um, it doesn't work the same way yeah so then there wouldn't be there shouldn't be any rejection mm-hmm. right yeah and technically neurons will keep growing and connecting cause that's what they do hmm i like this yeah and for like Alzheimer's, if I'm not mistaken, it's the mitochondria that give out. Dang it. But I do know that 
um, there's also the plaque buildup in the brain that happens because of Alzheimer's. And guess what? If you don't sleep well, you can get the plaques growing in your brain. Yes. Like Alzheimer's. Yes. So, so get your sleep. Yeah, That's the ologies episode yes. that Katie's obsessed with. I know. I'm going <laughs> to talk about it every day. <laughs> yeah. So um, sciencedirect.com. Mitochondrial dysfunction and Alzheimer's disease um, results in abnormalities associated with enhanced oxidative stress that have been long recognized to play a major role in cell de- degeneration and death. So yes, it's the mitochondria. So if you can put back some mitochondria from other people's brains, what if you started getting their memories? What parts Ooh, of the brain? I feel like part, that would be a, a good, good scary movie. movie. Ooh, that's our movie. <laughs> Looking around suspiciously. Nobody else take it. But wouldn't that be kind of gnarly? Now, last but not least, this is very recent. April 2019. <gasps> the science journal, also Nature. Nature. They're just right up in there with the brain stuff. <laughs> they published an article by Dr. Nanad Sestin and his team from Yale University. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I like, went What's there. wrong with Yale? You did, what? Uh, to visit. Uh, Ast- asterisk <laughs> to visit. I bought a hat. I was like, this whole time, I didn't know this. So the team um, was investigating that time gap between actual death and cellular death mm. in cadavers. They were using, to do this study, they were using decap. Okay, this is going to get kind of gnarly. So if you have a sensitive stomach or you love animals... Skip ahead 30 seconds. Using decap... Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Using decapitated pig heads, they were able to restore partial function in the pig's brains four hours after the heads were severed from their bodies. So... There's that. Wow. Can't do it on real people. Not Not that pigs are not real people, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? Mm Mm-hmm. So it's like, what does that say about our cells? Are they dependent on the blood flow? Which cells are going to die first? Obviously, you don't want to take certain cells because I think they will die sooner than the other Mm -hmm. ones. But you, it does make sense that the brain would be the last to go, which is also kind of cruel because you kind of want it to be the first to go because you don't want to be aware. Yeah. Hmm. That's very creepy, but also probably has a lot of good uh, things that can come out of that. Well, yeah, and then people have the... And I think that's what they're saying. I think this is what they're trying to say is like there's still brain activity, so that's why people are able to have those experiences of Mm near-death experiences because their body is dead, but those hallucinations and everything else, spiritual or otherwise, keep going. And, and so they it's like, can remember. Uh, and they remember. Because it's the brain. And it's in the hippocampus. They're seeing that like electrical, you know, function there. So it's like, you know? Mm-hmm. At what point for other people, and I feel like this is the sad part because then it's like, how many people can possibly have been resuscitated had they kept going? Yeah. Or kept cold, like that man mm-hmm. who happened to be 
you know, enter hypothermia, yeah. luckily, which usually is a really bad thing. Yeah. Usually you can die of hypothermia. Wow. But yeah. it, right? So it kind of makes your brain think like, what is the possibility for sustain, like sustaining human life? And then what would the difference be, uh, excuse me, as they're getting, people are getting older if they enter cardiac arrest? It's like, okay, do you treat a an 18-year-old the same as an 88-year-old? Mm-hmm. Like, would you resuscitate? I guess it depends on, like, the mm-hmm. do not resuscitate, obviously. If they don't have, they have a DNR, like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, they prefer you not to. But what if, like, there's more to it? Yeah. What if it is spiritual? What if it's not? Yeah. What's going on? Have you had a near-death experience, listener? Have you been in a coma? Or know someone who has, now they speak Mandarin. <laughs> I mean, this just goes to show, like, the brain really is, like, this crazy, mm-hmm. untapped. We're trying to tap into it, but it's hard because we can't experiment on humans because it's wrong. So let's use decapitated pig heads. Because that's, Cause that's more humane. Okay. I don't know why they use pig heads. I, I, we'll have the links on our website, www.yournotparanoid.com. So you can read because they have like the full on articles and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty wild. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Like all the, and those are just two experiments that just happen to pop up. It's not like, you know, I did deep research. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's a lot more going on. Yeah. For all of this. Ugh. It's cray cray. Yeah. That is crazy. Any final thoughts? Mm. No. I mean, <laughs> the coma stuff is similar in terms of what I thought was interesting I think I kind of mentioned it before is um, I thought the coma was kind of like you were dead like yeah they make you like medically dead or like your body kind of just shuts down but you are actually like I know it sounds dumb but you're alive yeah and you actually have brain activity and like how you were saying, like the stories, a lot of people that um, come out of their coma say that they're like hallucinating the whole time. So what? it can be pretty intense. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's what they say. Like you, for the most part, you're like some people can remember like mm-hmm. stuff happening, but they say that's usually maybe someone who's not in as deep of a coma, but the brain activity levels that you can have like up to a level it's usually just hallucinations that are like your brain can allow for so that you're your kind of just, like you can't handle what's really happening yeah. so here's a little movie like just sit down and enjoy whatever mm-hmm. happens yeah so i think that kind of ties into like maybe more of the scary ones that you were saying yeah but i can't imagine like just hallucinating for eternity yeah or months or however long you're in a coma for and that's the thing too it's like you have no concept of time because you're hallucinating Mm -hmm. so even if it is an hour it probably feels like eternity or even if like that one person said they felt like they were in the darkness for eternity and they Mm -hmm. came back it was probably like 20 minutes yeah the i um, found an interesting article about like 13 survival stories for people who survived a coma Uh and one of the ones that i thought was really interesting was the person how they describe like some people describe 
like coming to right away like going like how you're saying going from nothing to awake some people describe it more as like waves of just not being as tired anymore until you are like fully conscious Weird. but the one person said they woke up and they kind of had this feeling that they were like in a coma and they were afraid because they thought they were going to be super old because oh, they said no. it felt like decades had gone by but I don't think they were actually in a coma for very long. And the like as they're coming to like they were trying to figure out all these ways of like, how do I like how can I figure out how old I am? And then they're like trying to get out of the bed to like see a mirror or something, but they couldn't. And then finally, the person was like, um, I worked up the courage to like flip my hands over to like see how old they looked. Oh, no. And they're like, but. I did, and then they didn't really look much different than I could last remember, so I didn't freak out as much, (laughs) but it was just kind of like... Oh, man. That would be scary to, like, imagine seeing old hands Mm -hmm. when you last... I mean, and then, yeah, imagine that 40-year-old. I mean, 40 is not old, but the difference between 40 and 20 Mm -hmm. is 20 years, Mm -hmm. so you're going to age a bit. Yeah, but that was... The weird part was that that was where her mind reverted to. Even though her, yeah, obviously. Like, she wasn't in a coma for 20 years. But when she woke up, she thought, like, her brain was all jumbled. Mm. And she, as a 40-year-old, woke up as a 20-something. Like, in her memory. confidence would be great. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Wow. But, yeah, I didn't know that of comas. Was that, like, your brain's still working? It's just the being like conscious and being able to like interact and yeah all that stuff understand the outside world yeah which is different from other brain diseases Mm -hmm. or brain you know brain disorders i don't know what the right word is traumas traumas um i'm trying to think like alzheimer's or something like this like you know a lot of these are different Mm -hmm. overall in terms of like what your brain capacity is when you're in those situations yeah but that's for another episode i suppose <laughs> yeah to like understand but crazy yeah, yeah death is no joke <laughs> the, neither um, are comas it's like comas basically it feel. i mean i feel like most people associate it with like a form of awake like body death <laughs> Yeah, like your body or your body's alive, but you yourself are not there. Yeah, because depending on the situation, you might not wake up from it. Yeah, it's usually after very traumatic, like brain injuries or like car crashes or accidents. Yeah, and it's like your body's way of like I think what it's trying to like it's your body's way of trying to repair itself. So it just shuts down mm-hmm. to the point that you're still alive. Yeah, it's strictly survival. Yeah, so it's like we're going to shut down and try to reboot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. It reminds me of the quote from Benjamin Franklin, I think it is. That you could totally mess with me right now, by the way. <laughs> that um, there's like the only two things in life that are guaranteed are death and taxes. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And taxes actually don't go away after death. I know, right? They it's, just get passed on to your next... That's so Whoever's sad. next in line, power of attorney or whatever. Not power of attorney, but whoever inherits it. Yeah, whoever's in your will. Yeah. What if you're like, I make the government 
pay these taxes. What do you mean? I don't know. Put the gov list the government <laughs> in quotes as your That's funny. Like your beneficiary. Huh. Good one. <laughs> Life hacks by Katie. <laughs> but then I mean none of your family or relatives or whoever you wanted. If you don't have any, then it's fine. But. Ooh, I'll do that because then someone they can have my student loan back. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. By that time, hopefully, it's either paid off or forgiven. Hopefully, but you should always assuming be that we're living long lives. Yeah. I got to hang out with a 92 year old yesterday. Oh. My grandma. Well, he's like my step great grandpa, but. He still remembered me from when Aww. I was little. He's like, he was telling the caretaker, he's like, I remember her when she was, you know, like the way that old people do. <laughs> like when she was this old and she, I was like, I probably, the eight, the height of his hand, I was probably like four and a half, five. I was like, oh, that gives me hope for my memory, even though we're not related <laughs> to know that like, you know, yeah. he's still like totally good and living his best life and remembers and I don't know. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's all about quality of life. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And making the best of the life you do have, even if the quality isn't 100% the greatest. Yep. So, and never giving up hope. Mm-mm. Unless you have a <laughs> DNR. Yeah. <laughs> In which case, it's not hope, it's choice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. I saw my big people feel bad. Yeah. It's death is weird from just even my own experiences of, you know, dealing with people who have died in the last few years. It's just very empty mm -hmm. and sad. But you have to just hope that they're in a, you know, okay place. Yep. And maybe if we do have near death experiences, hopefully we don't, but. <laughs> If we do, then they will be there saying, don't come yet. It's not, mm -hmm. you're not ready. Assuming we're young. <laughs> but hopefully it doesn't knock on wood. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dear Lord, baby Jesus. I know. Not ready yet. Please. Thanks. <sighs> but anyways, shall we wrap this up with a would you rather? Uh-oh. Sure. Okay. Like, would you rather be... <laughs> Oh, no. In a coma? Would you rather or? go to heaven or hell and explain? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, okay, this is right on point. Oh, no. It's like our topic. Okay. You don't have to answer if it's too dark. Okay. Would you rather have a life expectancy of 150 years or know how and when you're going to die? So guaranteed 150 years or just being told when and how and how you're going to die so i would live up to 150 years but <laughs> i won't know how i die correct so it's just the how not knowing it's it's how and when versus being ancient oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. I would say probably. What if they're like it's tomorrow? Okay, well you don't get that many question follow up follow up questions. You're literally the opposite. I am so decisive, and you're like, 
But let's talk. Let's break this well, down because, and get technical. Yeah, I need to know the details. First of all, this is fake. What's <laughs> real? Number two, you can't ask me a question that <laughs> is not real. Okay. Um, I would probably do 150 years, assuming that it's decent quality life. All right, you would have great, great, great baby grandbabies. I yeah, feel like all the babies, all the baby. Katie would be the grandmother of Earth. <laughs> Yeah, I could be like the great grandmother of yeah, Earth, and I'll just like hang out and tell people to stop being loud. Yeah, and also crochet. Yeah, or I'll be like a really cool great 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 grand of vaping. Great great great, like back in my day we vaped, but now we're. I'd be like, oh, I could set all the world records <laughs> for like oldest person to blah blah blah. <laughs> Battle oldest then, fisherwoman, mm-hmm. oldest tic-tac-toe. oldest woman to go surfing. Oh my gosh! If you knew you weren't gonna die, because I think it would be too depressing knowing when and how. Yeah, I just rather not. Isn't that great? How we live that life already? Mm-hmm. Of not knowing when or how. It's really scary though. The more I think about it. <laughs> Sorry, I just got really scared. I hate that feeling. Don't be scared. <sighs> when it is when it is the time it is the time yep just hopefully not for a long time please if yep. anyone is giving me the choice or cares unless the earth starts going to poop then eh. or like how you said zombies in, i'm out yeah and for that <laughs> i'm out <laughs> Or the super volcano yeah, that, that you talked about awful. in Yellowstone. That's like the same. Basically the same. Mm-hmm. We're like, all going to have to fight against each other. Yeah, and I can't do that. Mm-mm. I'd rather not. I, <laughs> I would, a, I would if I had to, but I'd rather that's not. That's just going to be me. Like if there's any sort of like apocalyptic <laughs> thing, I'm just like, you know, I'd rather not. So. Like if I get confronted by a, like a roving gang of people or something i feel like here take my belongings but no thanks i mean like if you have to i mean i'd rather not <laughs> fight you but like don't you know i'm 150 like that's guys, not really fair you guys i'm gonna live to 150 so i have to get through this okay like it's important rather not rather not have to do this what if you outlive if you lived through like three zombie apocalypses like Dang it, I can't. I mean, I could go pretty crazy if I like had if I knew I wasn't gonna die until 150. (laughs) Could take out a lot of zombies. That's true. So I mean I thought you were gonna say something about partying, but (laughs) party with the zombies? Oh. What like eat other people's brains? Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) That's messed up. I feel like that's what a zombie party is, right? Like eating brains and like finding more. Yeah, what if it would just I pretended with spaghetti. No. You know, like in the, like all the "Mm, Halloween. Yeah. Put your hand in the bowl of spaghetti and then brains. No. I mean, I could probably trick them, but. Trick the zombies? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You'd be like Brad Pitt in the uh, World War Z. Or no, he wasn't. Well, he became, but you know, because he drank the thing. You know what I mean? World War Z? For real? I haven't seen it. Okay. That is a good one. That one's actually... Those are the fast zombies, right? Yeah. that's It's it's really fabulous in terms of zombies. I recommend it. 
I'm I kind of scared. Highly recommend it. Yeah. So, anyways, thank you. Thank you for, for tuning in to our thirtieth episode. Yeah, thirty episodes, man. I mean, Katie. I mean, mm-hmm. people. So fantastic. So lovely. Thank you for being a good listener and listening most of the way through and <laughs> skipping past our. <laughs> what? No, no, you don't skip. You're not a no skipper. No skipping, except for Barbie's sister. Yeah, she can be a skipper because that's mm-hmm. how she was made. Mm-hmm. She, sh- maybe she's born with it. Maybe yes. she's little skipper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good times um so yeah continue to listen to the next 30 hopefully we can keep this going for a while our goal in case you're wondering reflection reflection time we would like to record ourselves at some point Mm -hmm. we would also like to do at some point a live show Mm -hmm. maybe in a coffee shop anonymously Mm -hmm. we'll just start talking (laughs) and people will listen (laughs) That would be like so funny. Gorilla live show. Yeah. Just like, just like <coughs> today we're talking about and just like start going before being and then we'll also have someone recording us. That would be really funny. Right? Just Aww. set up the microphones. Yeah. Just like bring it in, like plug it in and be like, all right, thank you for joining. And it's just like random people and what Starbucks thinks it's actually a show because People are sitting there and listening because uh-huh. we're talking. Uh-huh. And we'll just start handing... Well, before we start, we'll hand out free shirts and, like, hats mm-hmm. so it looks like they're fans. <laughs> but, like, here, put this on. Like, I'll buy you a coffee. Like, here you go. Please, please put this on. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, can you please put this onesie on your baby? Thank you. And then it's, like, all ages because we don't cuss. Babies probably shouldn't talk about death, but... They can't understand. Listener discretion is advised. Babies don't speak English. They speak babble mm-hmm. until they're what 15 yeah something like that 27 it's fine i'm still working on it but anyways here we are those are our goals mm-hmm. in our lives and to increase our instagram followers because that's how you influence no i'm not, I'm not we're not here to influence we just want people to <laughs> listen and change and change people's lives I'm putting up my arms like i'm winning a marathon you know what i mean yeah just to remind them that they're not paranoid. Mm-hmm. And um, guess what? People die. <laughs> Jeez. It's true. And um, if you have a new-death experience, apparently it's not so abnormal. Yeah. Uh, apparently just waking up after being pronounced dead. Yeah. And death isn't NBD. what you think. Mm-hmm. It's not what you think. If they can grow those cells mm-hmm. in the Petri dishes... Or whatever it is they're growing him in. Some broth. Mm. You know there's a chance for you too. Yep. So remember that tonight <laughs> when you're Some sleeping. broth of brain cells. Yeah. Mm. It'll be like the new craze of like, first it was bone broth. Now it's brain cell broth. Brain broth. Brain broth. Gross. You don't. Okay, but on a serious <laughs> note, do not eat brain broth. Go back to our prion episode. Listen, People do eat brains, though. That's what I'm saying. They're not supposed to because of the prions and it's cannibalism. Prions. Oh, prions. no, not of humans. Doesn't matter. Cows. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's even worse because that's where the prions are mostly found. But Remember? weren't people getting it from the Bovine ground Bovine encephalitis? Beef? 
What? But I thought they were getting it from different parts of the cow. But you can also just... get it from like monkey brains. Oh. So here we are. And now we're trying to end for the third time. <laughs> Thank you for listening. 30 episodes. Um, we did we it. have a Patreon. We're working on it. Subscribe. Whatever you say. You can be a patron for as little as Uno dollar. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate you. And we'll send you a sticker and a handwritten note from mm-hmm. us truly. Mm-hmm. Katie and Kylie. Yep. That's Katie. And that's Kylie. And this is You're Not Paranoid. Have yeah. a great... Oh. I was just going to say goodbye. <laughs> Have a great week and thanks for being our fans. We are also fans of you. Goodbye. 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 <laughs>